Hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Simon Hodgkins, and I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by Ruth Dollar. She's the manager at Visit Sweden. You're very welcome, Ruth. Thank you, Simon. It's good it's to, see you. to see you. Thank you very much. Let's move on. Let's get on to the show because I've got some questions I'd like to ask you. But first, I would like to just maybe congratulate you and visit Sweden because you won a Think Global Award in the travel category for the 2021 ceremony, which took place not too, not too long ago, actually. So that's a fantastic achievement. So I wanted to start with that. And can you tell me uh, what that meant for Visit Sweden? You obviously decided to enter the programme and you won. So what was, what was the reaction from you and the organisation? Yes. Uh, so we were super happy. I was really happy. I also got the um, actual award now in our office. So Lovely. we were standing with our team, clicking pictures. Uh, it, Think Global Forum is an esteemed forum and we are we were super happy. It's an honor for us to win this award. And uh, since we have had so many challenges with marketing Sweden uh, as a travel destination, I think it has been a much more bigger achievement or much more joy for us to win this. We were running against all odds. You know, we started off with uh, Marketing Sweden around 10 years back, where the Indian traveler uh, somehow mistook Sweden for Switzerland. Uh, so starting from there to today, where people know what is uh, Sweden, they know uh, about uh, you know, ABBA, they know about the destination, they know the capital city of Stockholm. So they know much more. And it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride. We have also increased uh, the uh, number of tourists from India by five times. I think that's a really impressive number. And uh, Simon, one of the most important things in marketing that we kept in mind is that we did not, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm one, of, uh, one person in the team. We are like a one uh, person army. <laughs> so I marketed Sweden. It was not about marketing Sweden as a destination in the beginning but it was about marketing the Sweden-India relationship or the Sweden-India bridge uh, to help connect Sweden and India together and say that, hey, Sweden is not so far psychologically and geographically. Uh, because a lot of Indians travel to the US, even though it's geographically much further. So we want to, wanted to reduce the distance in people's minds between India and Sweden. And that really helped us achieve our goals instead of just coming with a big banner saying, hey, I'm Sweden, I'm beautiful, come to visit me. Yeah, understood. And it sounds like you had some really, despite everything that's been going on in the world, it sounds like you've had some real success there. So for, for our listeners, Ruth, um, and people maybe that aren't as familiar with Visit Sweden as obviously you are and, and I am, um, Maybe could you just expand a little bit more on on the purpose of Visit Sweden, like when it gets to sort of the mission and the vision of what what Visit Sweden the, as the organization is all about? Yes. Uh, so our um, goal is to attract tourists to uh, to Sweden as a destination. Uh, we are a very important industry in a in lot of countries across the world. Tourism is kind of the only industry industry that contributes to the economy. Uh, so in Sweden, we are one of the uh, you know, top three industries that contributes to the economy after wood and other industrial sectors. 
so our mission is to attract more tourists, but also at the same time to create employment within the country, within the hospitality sector. And at the same time, uh, we want to create sustainability and we want to attract people in a sustainable way. We want them to stay longer and make sustainable choices when they visit us. No, thank you, Ruth. And it's incredible when you mention, you know, Sweden and Switzerland and India and Sweden. Um, that's, that's, you know, very interesting in terms of, you know, some people are more familiar than others, obviously, and, and yeah. bridging that gap is, is very, very important. Uh, and maybe not so much with the sort of stereotypical images people may think of um, exactly it's a so, challenge and uh, we also sometimes I have to explain to people Sweden is north of Switzerland you know I have to kind of put it on the map and tell them <laughs> very good very good so on, in a similar sort of vein then Sweden itself is often and has been celebrated hasn't it as um, sort of you know for its inclusivity it's a progressive country in terms of its equality I mean, what, what would be your thoughts there or how, you know, could you maybe tell me a little bit more about your views on that from a, a Sweden, Swedish yeah, perspective? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Simon. Uh, so some of the things to start with, of course, you already know that Sweden is, uh, you know, uh, very high on the equality charts. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a bit of uh, statistics, uh, Sweden has 83 points out of 100 uh, on the gender equality index. So it ranks first in the EU on the gender index, and it has been there uh, since 2005 on number one uh, till date, till today. Uh, so that's really quite an impressive thing. And also the percentage of women in the parliament in Sweden is 47%, as opposed to 32% in the EU and 26% in North America. So we really strive to get more equality at all levels, uh, including the, uh, the boardroom in the corporate world as well. Uh, so it's not just, be, uh, just the statistics, but it goes kind of beyond that when it comes to equality. It's more about uh, a mindset and a lifestyle where uh, everybody believes in the concept of equality, whether it is gender equality or whether it is about your own identity, if you are from a transgender or you're from a lesbian or gay community or whatever you are, um, it, it, it's an open city and open country for everyone and you can be whoever you are. Uh, one of our campaigns that we had was that it's, uh, Stockholm is a city open for everyone. Uh, so that is the basis of the whole entire ideology of Sweden. Yeah, no, it's great to hear those statistics <laughs> around that sort of inclusivity and that sort of progressive uh, approach that, that Sweden makes uh, to um, equality. Um, yeah. so, and particularly around the... Add, add there, sorry, I just also wanted to add uh, some small things like, for example, there is an entire board inside uh, as part of the government that is assigned a task to explore gender biases in, in the society. And they go and they actually fix it. So, for example, if your school educational textbooks have a gender bias, they, they change it. So a fireman doesn't have to be a fireman. Uh, you know, uh, your stereotypical occupations are changed around, turned around for kids to understand that. Yeah. 
and another thing which I noticed is that uh, the, in the church, the priest and the pastors, I am a Christian. And when I go there, I see a lot of women and they are priests. And that Sweden was one of the first few countries to ordain priests, uh, to ordain women as priests. Okay. And also the current archbishop uh, or, or also in the, in the world, the first archbishop was a female archbishop in Sweden. So uh, every time, wherever I go in my day-to-day -day life, I see it. It's not really just, you know, on, in the books. <laughs> no, that's great. Thanks for sharing that uh, yeah. insight. Um, so in terms of other um, areas, I wanted to also touch on and maybe following on from, uh, and I'm going to say sort of edible country, um, because Visit Sweden released, didn't it, recently, the, the drinkable country, uh, which was following on from that edible country. Exactly. Because of this large, and I wanted to ask you about this, this, this sort of the world's largest open-air bar. Um, so can you tell me more about this drinkable country movement? Because it sounds fascinating. Yes, yes, absolutely. So Simon, we had a, a campaign, like a marketing campaign, a big one, where we wanted to bring the Swedish lifestyle to the traveler. You know, if you come here, you may probably miss that. You may go to the touristy spots. So our idea was to bring the everyday natural lifestyle. So we started with the edible country where you can go out and forage uh, for different ingredients. You get a basket uh, with a kit. With, so you have some ingredients which you can use like butter and salt, etc., And the rest ingredients you pick from nature or you forage or you go fishing and you can book tables in the middle of a forest across Sweden and you can have a meal. So that was the drinkable country experience. Uh, and then, uh, uh, yeah, and also the ingredients in some of these, uh, this, the menu for this uh, edible countries, everything was from nature. So you have fish like the perch and char, which grow, which are found only in Sweden. You have uh, leaves like birch leaves, which you probably may not know, uh, can be eaten. And uh, you, in the spring, you can pick ramsons or wild garlic. In the summer, you can make a wild berry compote with juniper berries, lingon berries. Very unique to Swedish nature. Uh, so am, I, am I right in saying, Ruth, that this was sort of built by Visit Sweden, this edible yes. country program? This was like the world's largest gourmet restaurant. Um, but uh, it was everything from things you could find, like you're talking about leaves and, you know, from birch and uh, everything in between. So this was a big movement that you did a few years ago and you followed it up now, right, with this drinkable country. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, the edible country, as you said, was the world's largest gourmet restaurant where you could sit anywhere in the entire country on one of these tables that we had set up out in the nature and have a meal. And then we followed it up with the drinkable country, which was which is a concept of a bar, an outdoor bar. And it was the best idea for us now because it was Corona safe. So you don't need to go to a bar if your bar is closed during Corona, you can just go to the woods and uh, book a table, which is uh, online and any of the tables which are available. And you can go and sit there. You you again get a basket and you forage your ingredients and make your own drink. Wow, it's great. I, I hadn't heard of it before. Um, 
because it, it sort of makes perfect sense. And what a great initiative during sort of the the last year or so that we've been all struggling through the pandemic because you're out, you're with people that are in your bubble or group and you're in nature. And uh, yeah, the edible country and the drinkable country movement from Visit Sweden is is uh it's very it's very cool and uh very interesting you know so was it was it well received did people enjoy it was it a did you find that people living uh in sweden took part was it a whole countrywide initiative or was it mainly aimed at the the, the tourism and sort of to attract people to sweden what was the what what was the balance there uh, it was open, the edible country and drinkable country, both were open first two weeks only for the tourists and for the media. Right. After that, we opened it to the locals, to Sweden, Swedish people as well, to the Swedes. Uh, the edible country was really popular. It was hard to find a table. It was always booked for a long time. Uh, and the drinkable country also took off really well. So we're really proud of these two initiatives and these two campaigns. Uh, and I, I suppose powering them... Uh... Is this sort of initiative? Is it Alaman Thratton? Yeah, that's the right of public access. If I'm if I'm if I'm getting it right. Yes. So maybe could you tell our listeners a little bit about that and how that sort of ties back into the the Swedish way of living, the Swedish yeah. lifestyle? Yes, absolutely. So Simon uh, Alaman Thratton is the right of public access, which means you have the right to roam and explore the beauty of the country uh, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, of course, there are some rules, for example, you know, don't destroy the nature, don't litter, uh, don't pluck flowers which are rare, etc. Uh, and you, you can camp anywhere, you can stay anywhere. Of course, you cannot camp on someone else's property and their backyard, but you can camp anywhere. And I think this is quite different and quite unique because uh, in most other countries, uh, especially say in North America or somewhere, it's uh, more like restrictive, you know, you're not allowed to uh, trespass on property, but here you can roam around wherever you want. And this Alemans then is something also that we used in a campaign and we put Sweden on Airbnb, we put the entire country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which meant you could live anywhere you wanted in the entire country. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And given so that that makes me want to ask you a little bit about obviously the travel sector has been significantly impacted and given all the travel restrictions which even today as we speak recording this it, it it's changing constantly uh, between countries cities and and areas around the world so how have you and the team at visit sweden you've obviously had to pivot you've had to adapt You've had to think about digital first movements. So how have you had to adapt to this sort of digital way of working, living? What what have you been looking at from an initiative perspective, given the, the travel mm. restrictions and the impacts? Yeah, well, it was a very big reset that we needed in our entire strategy. Uh, one of the key things we did is that we started uh, targeting the domestic traveler for staycations just to explore your own hometown, explore your own country. Uh, you know, you can just uh, go a few blocks down and experience a different world because you may not have been there since you're in your own, own neighborhood and you don't know about it. So that's one thing which we did. It was actually funded by the government. Uh, we had got additional funds to promote uh, Sweden to the Swedes 
uh, and to neighboring countries like Norway and Denmark. Uh, so we called it the semester, like semester in, is vacation and Sverige is Sweden. So we put it together and we said semester. Uh, so, so that's one big campaign we did. And the other one that was uh, done was done by um, also by us was called safe to travel or safe to visit. We had stickers and posters, uh, restaurants that followed these rules, hotels that followed all the Corona rules would get this kind of a sticker. And then people followed the restrictions of, you know, washing hands, wearing masks and maintaining distance. And they could still visit restaurants and hotels. Sweden was never on a lockdown at all. Uh, and this helped us keep the balance between, uh, you know, protecting public health and also at the same time, uh, keeping businesses alive. No, thank you. And it sounds like there was a lot of change required then and still is, I suppose, um, yes. from, from attracting international visitors uh, to sort of going back and trying to attract people that already live uh, in Sweden, you know. So it, it, it's a complete change of, a, a you know, a real pivot of strategy, isn't it? It's a real change yeah. in the organisation. Yeah, it and was I, change uh, and it was also uh, a way to look back at ourselves, you know, to look at, think about, okay, what are we do? What do we do in Sweden? Yes, you know, yes. and then we saw that Swedes love to be in the nature. Let's talk about nature experiences and other things. Yeah. Okay, very good. And just just to tease that out a little bit more, then as you look forward, because yeah, obviously we we run a lot of events too, and um, you know whether it's bringing people to physical events in conference rooms or hotels or outside in nature, there is you know some people can't wait to travel, some people are reluctant to travel, so. From a from a visit Sweden perspective, how are you looking at this sort of, you know, is it just we don't know what six to twelve months looks like? Are you beginning to make plans to to retarget international people to Sweden, or is it too early to tell? Where where are you at with it, Ruth? Yeah, uh, so right now we are actually people are beginning to travel within the EU to Sweden. Uh, our office today, uh, where I, when I came into office today, I saw so many tourists outside because our office is uh, based in the uh, tourist hotspot. It's called like the medieval town where our office is based. And you have a lot of tourists coming in. And I was really surprised when I was walking down. Okay. okay. So we have a lot of uh, tourists coming in from the EU. And so that's where our focus is now. Right. Uh, not so much from outside the EU. Uh, hopefully the borders would open up in a few months after everyone is vaccinated. Uh, people from the US are allowed to travel to Sweden now, okay. uh, but I think people are still a bit wary to travel. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. All righty. So um, I suppose talking about the, the lifestyle, uh, I wanted to circle back a little bit, obviously, because I wanted to maybe focus on you for a minute, if I can, Ruth. So yes, you've, you've got a lot of experience in your background within the marketing sector. And maybe you could just share a little bit of that for our listeners in terms of your past experiences. And then maybe when we move on from that, we can talk a little bit about your, you know, your initial engagement and why you decided to join up with this Visit Sweden organization. So maybe, maybe start with a little bit about your experience. Yeah, yeah. 
so starting right from the start, going back many years ago, I actually worked as a journalist. Yeah. Uh, and that is my passion to, to write, to, um, you know, to uncover different stories. So I started as an investigative journalist in India, working for Indian Express, which is the second largest newspaper. Yeah. And it was a very big high to, you know, do scoops and to uh, get stories published on the first page. Um, from there, I switched to uh, PR agencies and ad agencies as well, where I was working on, you know, creating concepts for different brands, creating ad copy, ad, ad text and various other ideas. Uh, from there, Simon, I had kind of a realization. I wanted to do more of the strategy planning and the brand planning, which was kind of the base layer behind the actual ad. So I was creating the ad, but I was kind of getting frustrated that, okay, I want to create the strategy. I just don't want to get a ready-made brief. I want to create the brand. So I switched to marketing. And since then, I haven't looked back. So I've been working for uh, in the marketing uh, team at various different brands in India. I started with Sula Vineyards, which is a wine company. Then I moved on to Force India Formula One, which is a F1 racing team. Uh, and then I moved on to Hangama, which is an entertainment company which markets Bollywood music. So it's been a varied uh, profile, but uh, marketing has always been my uh, thing from, from that time onwards. So, wow. I mean, journalist to wine brands, to Formula One, to Bollywood, and now to... So to, just explain the, the Visit Sweden then, because that, yes. that, what, what prompted you to join the Visit Sweden team? Yeah, um, so I moved to Sweden first from India. Uh, I moved for personal reasons. Uh, my uh, husband is from here in Sweden. So that's how I ended up here. And then I started looking for jobs. And uh, tourism is something that always interests me. I mean, the fact that I moved from India to Sweden, I never looked back. It was a huge leap of faith. And it's uh, something about me. I'm a very curious person, very adventurous. So it completely goes with what I love to do. That's the reason I joined Visit Sweden. And uh, every day when I sit and sometimes I'm creating itineraries for the media, for travel trade, and I'm researching on a certain region or a destination in Sweden. And I feel like, wow, you know, I love to do this. I would do it even if I'm not paid. <laughs> Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Yeah. Uh, no, that's great. And obviously your journalistic background helps an awful lot in that, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, and there seemed to be a little bit of a, a creative. You know, you wanted to not just receive a brief, but be able to put some creation on that. And I'm sure in the, your visit Sweden uh, role, you have to be creative, particularly yeah. now more than ever. So uh, exactly. that's great. So obviously, you you made the move yeah. um, to Sweden, and I wanted to ask you then about the the com the comparison because there's a big focus isn't there on this work life balance in Sweden that we kind of touched on a little bit earlier so can you tell me more about the work life balance in 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 Sweden and in visit yeah. Sweden of course yeah. it's fantastic i would say especially for me coming from india or any person who lives in asia would know that they have to work from morning to night there's no concept of you know leaving early uh, so for me, it was a huge change and I love it. There's a lot of work-life balance in Sweden. Uh, we call it actually lagon in Swedish. It's a Swedish term, which means not too much and not too little. 
so most Swedes live by that, whether it is with work or play or with anything else in life, just keep it just right. And uh, what really impressed me is, uh, you know, the, the mindset and how people look at work-life balance. Uh, for example, one of my colleagues had to leave in the middle of a meeting and she said, oops, so sorry, my daughter fell down and I need to go back to daycare and pick her up. And my manager at that time replied saying, you don't have to apologize because, you know, uh, work doesn't come in the way of family. You know, family doesn't come in the way of work. Family life is the main priority and it's work that is coming in the way. So, so I felt like, okay, you know, if, uh, if your manager encourages you to think like that and uh, not uh, feel bad about leaving and not feel guilty that you have to go and tend to your family needs, whether it is, you know, to leave early on a particular day. I think it's a very understanding culture to have. No, that's great. And uh, it, it's obviously not the same in lots of parts of the world and different areas and geographies and industry sectors. But uh, yeah, it's a, it, it is an important part, isn't it? This, this focus on work-life balance. Um, it's so important. So okay. listen, we're coming towards the end here, Ruth, and I feel like I could talk to you for a long time because there's lots of things we could dive into. But I didn't want to sort of wrap up without asking you about what's on the horizon for you, uh, whether that's in a, a visit Sweden capacity or anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today. Yeah, uh, professionally, I look forward to the travel industry coming back to full swing <laughs> so that I get, you know, the whole uh, rush and excitement of working again with every all the uh, campaigns, you know, working with tourists, media. Um, so that's what uh, is on the horizon. And what I would like to share with you and with all the people who are listening to us before we leave, I just wanted to say that travel is not a luxury or it's, and it's not, or it's not an add-on in everyday life. It's actually a therapy or an outlet to feel recharged and to appreciate also what one has back home. Uh, so the desire to travel is universal. Uh, it will never go away. Corona took it away temporarily. Uh, but maybe it made uh, the desire to travel even stronger. So uh, you can, it's impossible to suppress this need of move, movement and the need to move around and travel. We have had nomads for ages and we have had people in history and religion traveling uh, the world. They probably traveled for a purpose, but it also fulfilled some other need in them. So I would just say to everyone listening, keep traveling. And visit Sweden. And visit Sweden. Welcome to Sweden. <laughs> well, Ruth, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, I'm going to end as I started with, you know, just congratulating both you and Visit Sweden on winning a Think Global Award. Uh, congratulations on that, as I said earlier. And it's been a pleasure for me to hear all about visit Sweden, some of the interesting pivots that you've had to make in terms of a digital move from marketing internationally to marketing locally, and then the, the beginning of tourism again, from what it sounds like, uh, and also for sharing some of your own experiences 
Uh, I, I, I do love that. And I love the idea of the edible country and the drinkable country. I think that's a, a fabulous initiative. So thank you so much indeed. I mean, that, that brings us to the end of today's show uh, with Ruth Dollar. Uh, she's a manager at Visit Sweden. And uh, please, you, yeah, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Ruth. And I do want to just ask our listeners to be sure to tune in again and to see or, or to listen to another Vista Talk show where we like to discuss interesting topics with interesting people like Ruth from all around the world. And of course, if you're listening to this, um, please visit Sweden when you can. Yes. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, Simon. My pleasure. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.